Hello, comrades, and welcome to the podcast. This is the Coffee Books and Movie Podcast, and I'm your host, Scott. And today we got a lot to talk about, as always. Hope all of you are doing well. Uh, happy Memorial Day weekend is almost here upon us, for those of you listening. Uh, today's book is going to be a history book, a uh, big surprise there. It is by the author Anthony Beaver. Uh, his book is called Stalingrad, The Fateful Siege from 1942 to 1943. And it is magnificent, certainly the best narrative of the battle yet to appear, not likely to be surpassed in our time. This was a quote from John Keegan. Uh, this, this is the back cover of the book now. The Battle of Stalingrad was not only the psychological turning point of World War II, it also changed the face of modern warfare. Historians and reviewers worldwide have hailed Anthony Beaver's uh, magisterial Stalingrad as the definitive account of World War II's most harrowing battle. In August 1942, Hitler's huge Sixth Army reached a city that bore Stalin's name. In the five-month siege that followed, the Russians fought to hold Stalingrad at any cost, then in an astonishing reversal, encircled and trapped their Nazi enemy. This battle for the ruins of a city cost more than a million lives. Stalingrad conveys the experience of soldiers on both sides, fighting in inhumane conditions and of civilians trapped on an urban battlefield. Anthony Beaver has interviewed survivors and discovered completely new material in a wide range of German and Soviet archives, including prisoner interrogations and reports of desertions, executions, and also as a story of cruelty and courage and human suffering, Stalingrad is unprecedented and unforgettable. It is vividly told, a wonderful, reliable work of history, says the Wall Street Journal. It is Stalingrad's heart-piercing tragedy, needed a a chronicler with acute insight into human nature as well as all the forces of history. Anthony Beaver is that historian, says the Philadelphia Inquirer. This is published by Penguin Books, and this book came out uh, a couple years ago, I believe. Um, I do not know the exact dates. I have to look it up. But I just wanted to say that this is really, really good factual account. Everything you'd ever want to know about that particular battle in World War II. I'm going to tell you guys something that I typically like to talk about history. But just so you know, it's kind of a, a very big deal to me. Uh, so World War II is so big and expansive. That's why there's so many movies and you know, television shows and books about it because it's just so huge. It really was, obviously, a, a world war that we can't even imagine. And uh, this does a good job of describing one of the many battles that occurred, uh, possibly the most famous battle because, like, in the description, it even says, you know, it was the moment when the Allies started to push back against the German tide and, you know, the fascist tide of the you know, between the Japanese, the Italians, and the Germans, you know, the Axis powers, when the Allies, you know, the Soviet Union and the United States, and, you know, when Great Britain fought back, this was one of those situations. And uh, this is what's so fascinating about it. And his author has tons of books. Um, I guess another one is, uh, he's also the author of The Fall of Berlin, uh, which is related to this book because this is the start Fall of Berlin is the end of that battle. So to trace everything, we have to kind of understand what was going through the mind of the Germany during that time period. So we have to start off with the Soviets and Nazis were originally 
uh, signed a non-aggression pact. While they weren't best friends or anything, it is very clear that they worked together to basically dissect Poland. And after the invasion of Poland, you know, Germany thought that it would go into Russian territory and win. Um, You know, Stalin did not want this war, uh, but Germany pushed for this war. Uh, In particular, you know, there were so many consequences for the fact that, you know, Hitler did this. But basically, Hitler had supreme control over that army, the Sixth Army, which is what we're talking about. A massive amount of army. It was the Eastern Front. It was basically Napoleon Part Two, which happened. And I say that because it follows all the same pieces of history. Uh, Napoleon, very similarly decided to invade Russia, okay? Like how Germany decided to invade Soviet Union during World War II. When Hitler did that, same thing with Napoleon, they thought it would be a very short campaign, a blitzkrieg campaign, you know, lightning fast, get the, the get it inside quick and leave. There were not things like, you know, winter clothes, which is insane to me. You're going to Russia without winter clothes, without the proper equipment. And uh, what happened is basically a big portion of both of their armies, Napoleon's army during the 1800s and during the uh, early 20th century or mid-20th century during World War II, uh, that was also a time when many people died from frostbite and the cold. In fact, I, I would almost argue and say Hitler's biggest enemy at this point in time during early 1942 and 1943 was himself. And uh, this book kind of proves it because, you know, he, everyone blindly listened to, you know, what he, he had to say. He was the leader. And when he did that, you know, he sent these people out onto, you know, a ridiculous front, you know. They need to attack, you know. But they didn't attack places and strategies that made sense. It, it was all basically Hitler was in control and said, this is where the army should go. And they chose Stalingrad because it was seen as a symbolic place as it was, you know, included Stalin's name, you know, the leader of the Soviet Union, Joseph Stalin. So what happened? Well, basically, Stalingrad became the symbol, and that was the moment when the Germans knew that it didn't matter strategically what the city meant. It was a symbol, and they had to to quash it in order to quiet the Russians. Uh, And so it was basically no holds barred, go attack Stalingrad, go get to the city, take it by any means necessary. And the Russians dug in deep, and there's even many interesting psychological, you know, archives about this. But basically the Soviets, you know, and people who were not so fond of the Soviets dug in and worked with Russians in order to fight back, you know. There are many interesting studies of groups of people that were forced by the Nazis to fight the Russians and vice versa. Uh, You know, people like the Ukrainians and the Romanians were sent to fight against the Russians. Uh, You know, this is all in part because you had Germany in control of their country. Uh, But what, like I said, at the end of the day, what was just so fascinating to me is that everybody, you know, thought that, you know, they were in charge and that they could go and go gung-ho and take the city. Uh, So let's talk about Stalingrad itself. It was renamed today. Um, It was, you know, primarily destroyed and rebuilt, which is amazing in itself. But ideally, the symbol of that battle was that the Soviets, for those of you who don't know, 
managed to dig in and defend the city. And my point being is that the people who were not necessarily a part of the Soviet Union, but were in the, you know, in the territory of the path of the war, decided the best possible outcome would be to help the Soviets. So, you know, some people helped the Germans, some people helped the Russians. But what I'm getting at here is that, you know, the psychology made the Russians united. It made, you know, the Soviet Union stronger. You know, their ideology was, we have to do this or we die. And that worked. You know, a lot of the people were shot who were deserters. You know, they said, you know, we're doing this to, you know, fight and save our country. You know, like it became justified because Hitler gave them the excuse to, we have to defend ourselves. So, you know, it obviously it makes sense ideologically from that standpoint that, you know, people are going to defend their home. And the more, like I said, Hitler attacked, the more they defended, the stronger they defended it. And there are some heroic stories in this book about how people, you know, were losing limbs and, you know, still fighting, you know, against the Germans at all costs, you know, running and destroying tanks by any means necessary, you know, even when it meant certain death, you know, a lot of those people you know, fought very bravely against the Germans because they were trying to make a point, which is, you know, defend our home. So what happened? Stalingrad, you know, eventually gets attacked by the Germans. The Germans think that they have about one and they start to experience problems. The city itself is rejecting them. The civilian population by this point has been hit dramatically by all the bombs and the attacks. Uh, but there are people who are working with the Russians to prevent the Germans from going in. The Germans basically end up having to fight house by house. It's it's awful, terrible warfare. The Russians take out as many Germans as they can and basically hold out for the winter months. And the reason why they do this is because they know the Germans are going to, you know, freeze and starve. And that's what happened. They basically got cut off from supplies. The Germans couldn't win because they were losing you know, and they were losing because there was no way a military was big enough to supply this huge army in, you know, inside, deep inside enemy territory. And you had the Russians who were on their home turf. They knew the turf better. So what happened was basically slowly, bit by bit, you know, they just eventually picked off, you know, chose their battles. And eventually, you know, even with all of the fighting, the tide started to turn. And just one day, you know, they were able to, you know, encircle all of the German army. And so that, to me, is probably the craziest fact. You know, over a million people died in the battle itself, but there's no estimated numbers of the amount of casualties, civilian and military-wise, like, together even. There's just no groundbreaking, you know, evidence just that you can have that can conclude how many lives were lost. But the idea... It still stands, which is that the Russians managed to fight back. They pushed the Germans out and circled them and starved them. And so eventually the German army had to surrender. And that was the best and brightest that Germany had. So after that point, you know, the you know Germans kept getting pushed back further and further into their own territory until the Soviet Union managed to fight and get into the heart of Berlin and basically did what was done to them. You know, their home was destroyed. They wanted to take revenge. That's basically what happened. We all kind of look past what happened and see, you know, both sides were horrible and were fighting each other. But again, at the end of the day, 
you know, Hitler made a lot of mistakes. He thought he could take this city because it meant something to him. And in the end, it was a pile of dirt that, you know, really didn't mean much to the war. It didn't have anything strategically. It didn't have anything other than just symbolism. And, you know, the fact that it united the Russian people to fight back, it meant that, you know, he was probably going to lose the war in the long run. Anyway, so that's basically this book. It's accounts of people and their history and what happened. It's good. It's long. It's detailed. If anything, it's detailed. Um, and so I gave it a three out of five. And I give it a three because it's solid. It's got everything you would want to know about this one particular battle. Uh, and it's got facts, figures, numbers, uh, army unit strengths. It's got detailed reports of, like I said, the generals and the people. And it's just, it's, it's organized. Okay. It's organized discussion about what a battle is. But I think at the end of the day, to me, what would make it better is if there were more of the stories about the courageous acts that people did to save human lives, uh, you know, doctors, uh, people who rescued the children, people who did get help, you know, those were the important things. Um, I think that the story needs more of. I, like I said, I give it a three because I enjoyed the ride, but I don't think I would read it again. And now having said that, I think it's a good book. And if you like World War II history, this is probably on your list. But otherwise, not going to be the book that is going to jump out at you right away. But anyway, thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope all of you enjoyed it. hope all of you have a good night, good Memorial Day weekend. And I will see you all next week, comrades.